What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to Bronx Bomber Battle. This is the fourth episode, I believe. Don't quote me on that, though. Got it wrong the last time I posted. Um, have not had a chance to record anything for a while after the season ended. Everyone's been busy, and we were all kind of dead inside from the way the season ended. Um, but this is me, Alex. We are hosting for this episode, and today I have a uh, member of BBB making his podcast debut. Uh, how's it going, Gus? I'm doing well. I'm very excited uh, to be here, finally. Uh, finally. I'm excited to get this going. Yeah. Um, okay, very important question, first of all. How do you pronounce your last name? Wedekamp. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, that's... People, I, I it's, it's, a, it's an issue. Like, I have... <laughs> You know, you get those trophies when you're a kid, when you play sports. Yeah. I have like a whole shelf that are just misspelled. <laughs> it's it's a thing, but yeah, Weta Camp. Okay. All right. See, I feel you. My, my last name, people spell W-I-E-R all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it annoys me so much. Yeah. Um, so before we get into anything, and we have a lot of stuff to talk about, we're not going to do the whole like season recap video, but or pod we're just going to go basic you know new stuff that's happened but um more in the early days of the pod we would ask any people making their debut what their least favorite yankee was and a bold p- prediction for the season we'll do next season so first off gus your least favorite yankee of all time this one is it was tough because i really you know when you play for the Yankees, like I, I want you to do well, uh, and necessarily, yeah, I don't necessarily dislike you, but uh, man, oh man, Chris Carter, woof, <laughs> just that—that's a good choice. When you look at the numbers, they are not good. Oh my god! Uh, and like I, I swore he would play in the field, like like with his eyes closed sometimes. Oh yeah, it it, it was bad. My favorite thing, I think there was a picture that was posted on Twitter. He was batting it. I want to say it was against the Red Sox, like late in the game, and he struck out on a pitch. And you, if you zoomed in on the picture, his eyes were actually closed while he was swinging. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it wasn't great. Yeah, he was. He was brutal to watch. And uh, then uh, everyone, everyone got like the relief of when the Yankees finally DFA'd him, and then. I think like a week later they had to re-sign him and bring him back up because Tyler Austin got injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're finally free and then, oh, nope, there he's back. Yep. Uh, uh, so, yeah, Chris Carter. Not good memories there. No. Um, and give us your uh, bold prediction for 2020. Okay, so my bold prediction, and the, the news that we have actually somewhat ties into this. I think uh, James Paxton is going to find himself somewhere in the Cy Young race. Ooh, okay. I don't know exactly where, but uh, he had a strong, he had a strong season. Um, and if you take out those first inning yips, put together put together a really good year. So, with with the tidbit that we have that just broke, actually, I, I think that, he could make a push. Oh, I. I agree. I think Paxson at the the second half of the year he was unreal. 
And he even showed that he could pitch in the playoffs too. Like game, uh, game five against the Astros was probably one of the best pitching performances of the year. I would say. Yeah, I mean, he was, he he, and you could tell just how much he wanted to to, to succeed in that mm-hmm. moment when Boone comes out and he's just like, no, no, you 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 walk back to that dugout. Yeah. Um. So that 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 actually segues very nicely into. The first thing we're going to talk about is that about 20 minutes ago, it broke that the Yankees are signing Matt Blake as their pitching coach. And Blake is the former assistant uh, pitching director of pitching coordination. What was it? Uh, Pitching coordinator. I think it was an assistant director of player development. Uh, uh, with the Indians, direct director of pitching development. Yeah, yeah, with the Indians, which I really, really like that. Sign yeah. So, uh, uh, some of the the pitchers. I don't know if you've heard of these guys. Uh, Corey Kluber, <laughs> Trevor Bauer. Not Mike, not, Mike not a bad. Yeah, Clevenger. Yeah. Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber. Yeah. Um, pretty pretty good pretty good track record there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I re- I really like that. I think he's someone that they definitely that definitely could be able to help. And he also used to work for the Yankees. He uh, before he worked for the Indians, he was a scout for the Yankees. Yeah. So he, has, so he sort of has knowledge of the organization already. Yeah, he's, he's familiar with the organization. Yeah. Um, I did find it interesting that that David Cohn did actually interview for that job. Um, yeah. But I, I never really saw it as anything more than like a, a, a really a courtesy. Mm-hmm. See, I um, I think Cone could have been really good because you know he's so good on the broadcast, and he's very he's you know he's very like analytically driven, which is what the Yankees are, have been looking for. But at the same time, he has no experience coaching or anything. Since he retired, he's done nothing but broadcast for the Yankees. So that would have kind of been a shot in the dark. Where with Blake, he uh, he's never been a pitching coach, but the Indians actually offered him their pitching coach position, I think, a couple of years ago. And instead, I think he turned it down, and then instead they made him the director of pitching development. Yeah, they, they had just promoted him like a couple of days earlier. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. Two, yeah, I'm looking at this now. Two days ago. He was promoted. Yeah, so, so clearly they, they think very highly of they him. They think highly of him. So, yeah, this is definitely – this is huge, I think. And, it, and he's he's the type of guy that I think they're – like the way their organization is shifting that they're going after, he's – you know, he's young. He's in his 30s, I think. And a lot of the other guys that they interviewed were, with the exception of Cone, were younger. So – I think they're going. They're trying to head more towards, you know, analytics and stuff like that. And I think Blake's Blake's a guy that really, really could help in the future. Yeah, um, I am. I am excited about this hire for sure. Yeah, me too. Um, there's, you know, this broke about twenty, twenty-five minutes ago, so we don't have that much details on it. But it'll probably by tomorrow morning there will be a lot more about it. Um, so next thing that I wanted to talk about was, yeah, I think it was yesterday or day before, or either today, I have no sense of time, 
where that the Yankees and uh, Gardner were working on another contract, which probably the least surprising thing of the offseason so far. Yeah, no. Uh, after after the year that he had uh, in in a role that wasn't really expected of him coming into the season. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not surprised about this at all. No, me neither. He was one of the most valuable players for the Yankees this season. I think everyone can agree that DJ was probably the Yankees' most valuable player, and then probably you know you have you have other people in the. Like, top conversation like labor and paxton and chapman but gardner was one who just stepped up and he was healthy for the majority of the season he had one stint on the dl but that wasn't for that long he just stepped up and when the yankees basically they they needed him to be their best outfielder essentially because they had stand go down they had judge go down and he kind of fulfilled that role he had his best offensive season of his career he had 28 home runs yeah he uh he had four war yeah that's insane as like a for 36 year old yeah for a guy who was supposed to be your fourth outfielder mm-hmm. yeah, he uh, was he was supposed to be on the bench the Yankees outfield was supposed to be you know stanton and hicks and judge and then gardner kind of switching between stanton as left fielder, and then Talkman was the backup outfielder to begin the season. And yeah, then, I mean, yeah, uh, go go ahead. Just, just uh, he had the best, yeah, probably the best offensive season of his his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that that's the thing is he was able to to stay healthy and stay consistent throughout the entire year, which uh, was was really awesome. And yeah. again, yeah, not. Not surprised at all, and, and pretty good to to see him come back. You know, longest tenured Yankee, um, and it is a great clubhouse presence too. Oh yeah, he's been a leader of the team for years now. Like they like anyone anyone on the Yankees who like when they're talking about the leaders of the clubhouse, all they do is talk about Gardner and Sabathia. And with Sabathia retiring, Gardner's kind of you know he's the only one. He's the only guy that's going to be left from the '09 championship team. He's been on the Yankees since 2008. So having him around is huge for them. Definitely. Um, I think in terms of the contract, I don't. It's kind of hard to like guess what he's gonna get because last year he got seven and a half million, and that was coming off of a 2018 season where he was good, but he wasn't. You know, he wasn't as good as he was this year. Um, but at the same time, he's gonna be another year older. So I would think he probably gets like. A year, eight or nine million. Yeah, yeah, I would expect something pretty similar. Mm. You know, no, it, you know, if it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know? Exactly. Um, they, I like, if I was the Yankees, I would think he he definitely deserves some sort of raise. Like maybe you throw in like a option for twenty twenty one or something like that. Um, or try and at least throw that, try and put that in at least just to sweeten the deal, but yeah, I think we're definitely that that's kind of just a matter of time before he comes back. And I think it's, it's funny how there were some people who were kind of basically expecting him to not come back. They were saying, Oh yeah, he'd been good. He'd be good for the Phillies with Girardi as the manager. But I think within probably the next week or so, Gardner will be back. Yeah. Um, okay. Next thing is, Stanton, who 
um, was interviewed, and he said that he, he wants the Yankees to sign both Cole and Strasburg. Yeah, it was, uh, well, it, uh, it loosely defined as an interview. Basically, a, a TMZ sports guy just kind of walked up to him on the street uh, and started asking him questions. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he said, you know, he's already started – uh, started working out and he wants to stay of course in New York wants to be healthy uh, for the whole year and yeah he said you know if, if they can get both why not get both yeah exactly um, which is of course you know that that makes sense uh, is it feasible well I think <laughs> we're gonna signing, find out yeah if you're signing both of them that's gonna cost probably in the neighborhood of 400 million dollars which, uh, conservatively, yes. Yeah. Which I think, you know, they could definitely afford, but the way they've operated the past few years, probably not going to happen. I would be shocked if one team landed both of them. Yeah. Well, and I, I have a kind of gut feeling that Strasburg will resign with the Nats just because he had such a, like dream season last year, and I don't think the Nats would. I, I think the Nats are going to do everything they can to re-sign him. Basically, I think if they had to choose between him and Rendon, they would choose him, just because he, like him and Rendon, were so valuable during the playoffs. But Strasburg was the World Series MVP. He was, you know, he's been there since the Nats got basically got good and went to the playoffs, started going to the playoffs, and I think that he's one they're going to prioritize over Rendon. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you think about sort of his story with with them is he has that, you know, terrific debut uh, and, and dazzles sort of the baseball world mm-hmm. and then ends up getting shut down a couple of times and, and has, you know, some injuries and is able to fight through all of that and put together really a, a magnificent season. Yeah. For Washington, um, clearly there, he he loves. I, I think he loves that organization and and you know is willing to pour out so much for them. Yeah, exactly. And just to put like in perspective, just how good he's been. He still had four years and a hundred million dollars on his contract, and one of the years he was, I think, he was either guaranteed or it was an option of like twenty twenty two. He would have made. His salary for that year would have been $45 million. So he basically just turned down making $45 million in a year. And it's like a it's a no-brainer because he was that good this year. So I think at I think with him, he didn't, you know, he didn't opt out because he wanted to leave. He opted out because he could make a lot more than his uh first contract, I think, which I think was Seven years, one hundred and seventy-five million, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, so yeah, he. I I'm conflicted. I really, if I had to pick like just one of them, obviously, you know, Stan wants them both. I don't think anyone, any Yankees fan, would say no to getting both of them. But like, if you had to pick one of them, who would you want? Uh it's it's really tough. Because they're both just such gamers, mm-hmm. and you you can really tell they love competing and they love winning. Um, I mean, Cole is a little younger and doesn't quite have 
the the sort of injury history that Strasburg mm-hmm. does. That's that's a good point. So I I think I would lean a little bit, but it, it's re- it's uh, it's really close. Yeah. See, my I I never actually considered the injury history. That was a really good point. It's yeah. It you know it, it's not a red flag per se, no, but it, it's something. He was, he was healthy this past year. He's just had injuries in the past. Yeah. It, it it's not limited. nothing. No. My like my stance on it is Cole was the better pitcher this year. He's he had probably one of the most dominant years we've seen in a while. I mean, all he did was just strike every everyone out. And he is going to get a huge contract because of that, but he like hasn't hadn't had it's not like he's been that type of pitcher for years. This is the best year of his career by far. Where last year he was, last year was his first year with the Astros, and he was good. And before that, he was with the Pirates, and he was just kind of. Yeah, he had he had one really good year with the Pirates. Yeah, he's. Uh, but that was kind of it. He was almost like the Sonny Gray of pitchers that year, um, where he, you could tell he had really good stuff. He just didn't harness it as much he was like a high almost like a high upside type of guy yeah and i i think uh the the astros factor is yeah, that, is a, because you look at Char, a guy like charlie morton who looked really good uh with the rays until he didn't you know yeah exactly. um so so i think that's also something to take into consideration um, yeah. But really, I honestly, I you could tell me either one of these guys, and I'd be I'd be thrilled. Mm-hmm. That, oh, yeah, that's how good they are. There's no wrong answer here. I just I look at it as more along the lines of Strasburg has been Strasburg for kind of more extended period of time, where Cole has just put together his the best season of his career. Where you never know, this could be you know the start of he might be even better next year, which. I don't know how it could be, <laughs> but you know, it's it. Whoever signs them, they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna be disappointed either way. But you never know. There's gonna be people on Twitter that if the Yankees sign Cole and if he gives up, you know, four runs on opening day and six innings of work, there's gonna be someone that is calling the contract of Albatross. That's gonna happen. <laughs> to a, a, insert player here. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, it doesn't matter who they, who they no. get. It's gonna it, happen either way. It it no. So, um, all right. So along the lines of Cole, um, it was reported Sabathia said on R two C two that he's talked about pitching in New York to Cole. Who Cole is a West Coast guy. He um, lives in L A. I believe. Or in the area. Yeah, he uh, he went to high school uh, in Orange, California, and went to UCLA. Um, so obviously there's the whole grew up a Yankee fan thing, but yeah, did spend a lot of his sort of formative years uh, in in La- in the Los Angeles area. Hmm. Yeah. So, but you know, Cece's from Oakland, the Oakland area, and. In 2009, a big thing was that people didn't think he would sign with the Yankees because they thought he'd sign with the Angels. 
um, or you know, the Giants or the Dodgers or some some West Coast team because that's where he lived. And CC talked to Cole basically about pitching in New York as a West Coast guy, which I don't. I think people kind of blew out of proportion, but it's also not nothing. No, it's not nothing. Definitely, uh, you know, CC said that he he has spoken at length. Uh, which we don't exactly know what that means, uh, yeah. but you know, it was, it, yeah, it's not it's not nothing, um, and it's good that uh, Agent CC is sort of putting the feelers out. Yeah, in, in even, retirement, even after he's retired, um, he still wants the Yankees to sign Cole. Which yeah, it shows you how much how just great of a guy CC is. Which really gonna miss him not being in. The, in on the team next year. That's going to be an adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it, but he, uh, he deserves his rest. I think. Oh, definitely. He's um, been, he, he, he's been the type of guy ever since he came to the Yankees where you just, you can't hate him. There's not that many people who sign giant contracts like he did and just live up to the, Live up to the hype and become just as beloved as CC did. Yeah, and and everything from, you know, winning that winning that World Series and and what he what he does off the field with with his charity and doing all sorts of outreach, not just in New York but in his hometown. Um, he, he's been he's become a really great figure in the community too. Yeah, he has, and he's um, one. He's one where I think he's going to be. He's going to contribute to the team for years to come. He said he has no interest in being a coach at all, but he has. But he's also said he wants to be like a front office guy, just have be like a special advisor to GM, like uh, how I believe Pettit is and uh, Matsui is, and A Rod was at some point. Just you know, guys that can help out when they can with certain stuff, which. I think will be huge because he's so knowledgeable about everything, and he's so respected within baseball. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that that would be great. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, we of course saw Garrett Cole after the Astros lost in a a Scott Boris hat, yeah. talking about uh, how great it uh, you know it, it was good to be a, a Houston Astro. Um, I mean, I, I think, and I think, because this is a Boris thing, like, it's just going to be money. Oh, yeah. Because you see, like, uh, p- players know that if they can get, they have to get the most money they can because mm-hmm. it's hard to earn the type of money that he's going to earn. Exactly. When you look at guys like Ozzy Albies taking that extension, mm-hmm. uh, which which is, you know, not really looked at as the best contract for him. No. Um, JD Martinez opting into that deal with the Red Sox, which again is not maybe not the the value you want for a hitter of that caliber. He could have gotten a lot more if he had opted out. I think. So I, it, it's going to be whoever is has the 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 check. Mm. And I and it's a good point bringing up the wearing the hat after. The World Series. Where that was hilarious. Think, that was fantastic. I, literally, you know, half an hour after the Astros lost the World Series, 
he's wearing the Boris hat. And I, I don't think that means he's gone. I just think that means it's more along the lines of probably Boris told him to do that. Oh, definitely. Um, because, you know, he's, he technically, after that loss, he was a free agent. But, and I don't think he meant to, like, you know, disrespect the Astros and basically say that he's gone, but I don't think he's going to be back on the Astros in 2020. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I, I don't think the Astros will be able to. No, I don't. I don't think so either. They. I saw their owner said they're going to take a run at signing him, which I feel like the only way he would be he would re-sign with the Astros is if for some reason his market collapses like Harper and Machado last year, and he had you know he doesn't have that many suitors, which shouldn't happen. And it basically, he takes whatever the Astros give him, which will probably be a lot, but it won't be the amount he probably would be able to get from another team. Yeah, uh, it's been it's been a while since a two even you know top 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 tier caliber pitchers were available in free agency like this. Yeah, so I, I don't think there'll be a, a shortage of of teams willing to sign these guys. Yeah, the last the last year I can remember, where there were, there was more than one just like solid ace in free agency was the year that it was Scherzer. I think it was after twenty fourteen where it was Scherzer, John Lester, and Shields, and Scherzer got two hundred something million. Lester got I think one hundred fifty, and Shields was on the market the longest and ended up only getting. Three years, like seventy-five million from the Padres. So, but I think you look at if you're trying to compare a deal to what Cole's going to get. I think you start by looking at the Scherzer contract. Yeah, that's uh, that's seven years, two ten. Yeah. Uh. So not not bad. Not bad at all. Um, and then and he think- was also. He was was he older Scherzer? than Cole is right now? I th- I think so. Maybe it was He's, comparable. He he if he was, I don't know if he was older, but he he wasn't younger. He yeah. might have been the he might have been the same age or he might have been older. I'm not sure because Scherzer's thirty five now. Yeah, he had to have been older because he's still probably. I think he still has two years left of his deal. I don't know. Yeah, and that was that was about five years ago. So it's 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 pretty much comparable. It yeah. And then the same thing with like, not really the same thing with David Price because I wouldn't put David Price even on the same even close to the same level as Cole. But he got seven years, two hundred seventeen million, from the Red Sox. So I think Boris and Cole are going to use. That's the st- that's the starting point. Exactly. I think. Either way, I think if Cole gets less than $200 million on the free agent market, there's going to be a problem. Yeah. Be- because even we saw it last year, the you know Machado and Harper took nine years to sign with the Padres and the Phillies, but they still managed to get the giant contracts that was projected of them. And... But we've also seen there have been other guys who 
you know, didn't get deals that they deserved. Um, like you said, Ozzy Albee signed an extension with the Braves where he's criminally underpaid for a guy who literally led the NL in hits this past year. So it'll be interesting. I don't think, I, like, gut feeling, I don't think Cole will be, you know, underpaid at all. I think he's going to get a massive contract. But there's also, you know, the chance that it, something could happen. Same with Strasburg, too. But kind of to a lesser extent, because I feel like Strasburg is not Strasburg's not going to get as much as Cole is going to get. Yeah, but, uh, you know, that's the thing. You just got just to gotta wait and see. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, one of the last things we have to talk about is... The Chapman extension, where he got an extra year with a $16 million salary for 2022 on his contract with the Yankees, which makes his total contract, I think, three years, $48 million, which I think that is huge and shows you Chapman, pretty, he's, a, he's a team guy now because he could have opted out and instead gotten probably a four-year deal with, I don't know, a, I don't know, probably $80 million to Probably a, at least a higher um, AAV than he's making now. And instead he opted just to add, he wanted two years initially, but instead he opted just to add one at $16 million so he could stay with the Yankees, which is huge because they don't have to... Um, that doesn't affect his, the uh, luxury tax as much as it would have if he opted out, and he, you know, also gets to stay as the on the Yankees, and they get to keep their insane bullpen from last year. Yeah, that also, you know, guys that where their roles would have been different. Uh, you look at maybe do you have Britain close, uh, and and guys would have been shifted around. Instead, now it's just all right. Let's just let's just do it again. Yeah, exactly, uh, and. Of course, the Yankees have had one of the best bullpens in baseball over the past few years, and Chapman has been a huge, huge part of that. Uh, you know, a bunch of you know, thirty-seven saves in twenty nineteen, a two point two one ERA was an All Star, one AL uh, reliever of the year. So this year, I think, was probably his best year as on the Yankees because he was, except for the month of July. We had a few hiccups, like the game, the game of the year against the Twins, where he walked three guys in the ninth inning and then blew the save, but managed to get out of it. He was consistently dominant the entire year, and in past years, we've seen him like towards the middle of the year, he'll kind of fizzle out, and he, it's more of like he'll have hiccups and just you know he. It it becomes a str- it becomes a stressful thing to watch him come in, and you start having heart attacks every time he walks a guy because you don't know what he's gonna you don't know what he's gonna do. But this year was the first year I think that he's been on the Yankees where I did not really feel that scared whenever he came into a game. It was about as close to you know how people felt when Mariano would come to the game since Mariano retired. I think. 
Yeah, and you know he may not be touching 103, 104 anymore, but he's still hitting 99 to triple digits with consistency, and has a you know that nasty wipeout slider. His his slider has always been has always had unreal movement. He just has had zero control of it. Yeah. In the past, and now that he has control of it, and he throw he has confidence in it. And throws he's become more of a pitcher and just less of a throw as hard as I can hit uh, thrower. Like that that was his game plan. The first few years of his career, just get the ball, throw it as hard as you can. People couldn't catch up to him because he was throwing 104 miles an hour, and then he called it a day. But yeah, now, but now guys are throwing triple digits with mm-hmm. regularity. People are people are used to seeing 99, 100 mile an hour fastballs. Which is what he hits. He'll hit, you know, 101, 102 occasionally, but it's not a given thing. And because he has the slider, and for people who didn't play baseball, you know, the people on Twitter that are just anti Chapman who never actually played baseball, I don't think they realize just how difficult it is to see a 100 mile an hour fastball and then have that followed up. With a 88 mile an hour slider that's moving, say if you're a right-handed batter, that's moving in on you. At like the difference in those pitches is insane, and the fact that he's able to pitch at, um, he's able to keep people off balance while also blowing them away with the fastball is huge for was huge for the Yankees this past year, and it's huge for the rest of his career because he can he has shown that he can be more effective with lesser velocity. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely uh, changed his approach uh, as he's aged a little bit, and I think it's it's really helped him, you know. And when you look at his, his tenure with the Yankees, I think, you know, obviously he gets traded in the middle of 2016 uh, and then gets really overused by the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, and just got so many innings. Uh, and then came back and you know what and and pitched of course until like late late October mm-hmm. wins the World Series. Didn't he throw like three innings in Game Seven of the World of the World Series? He threw a lot. I want I want to say he uh, gave up the home run to Rajay Davis in Game Seven, and then he came out and threw the ninth inning. Yeah, he he they were using him so much. Yeah. Um, and then came back in 2017, and yeah, he struggled because he was uh, he was just. The, the he was, fatigue. He was still fatigued, yeah. Yeah. If you pitch that much, your arm is not going to be the same. The amount of the amount that he pitched in the 2016 playoffs for the Cubs, the, your arm is not the same after that. It, yeah. Like, you can have a four-month break from that, and your arm is still not going to be the same. So that's why he really struggled in 2017. He had, you know, he had his stretches where he was – classic Chapman he was very good in the playoffs in 2017 but for the most part he had his up and down moments where I think it was in August he the Yankees removed him as the closer yeah he got demoted uh, yeah because he, he was, was just so struggling bad um and then yes yeah, so, you know 17 and 18 are fairly comparable you know really good seasons uh made made the all-star game both times um mm-hmm. and now yes yeah, he's, he's he'll be back for at least a few more years so yeah. great Great news for for the Yankees and for their bullpen. Definitely. And and and, and Boone has shown that he knows how to make sure that 
it had a balance between guys being rested yet still getting regular work and having com- good control and command of their of their stuff coming out of the bullpen because it's hard you know not everybody can can just start throwing and come into a game like we see it you know starters come in from the bullpen all the time and you know it, they just something's different uh, they yeah. struggle but you know Boone has been great with riding that fine line between resting bullpen guys yet st- still keeping them sharp definitely Boone, Boone in my mind is the manager of the year and it's not even close with the other guys because of just you know the adversity which we'll go in we'll get into when we do the end of the year uh recap but like you said the way he managed the bullpen this year and made sure everyone was not overused because what was it i think it was game five or six of the alcs when canely came in that was the first time all year a Yankees pitcher had thrown three consecutive. A Yankees reliever had pitched three consecutive days. Yeah, and it was only because they had to play four games in four days. Exactly because of the rainout. Um, so he did a fantastic job of, you know, making sure everyone was rested, and you know didn't throw out their arms. Made sure they were just fresh every single time they went out there, and. You know, there were some, you know, Adovino had his struggles late in the playoffs, but I think that's more along the lines of he was, he's never pitched that, that was his, technically wasn't his first playoff outing, but he, because he was with, he was in the wild card game and the NLDS with the Rockies last year, but he's never had to pitch that much that long in a season. And the Yankees kind of counted on him to be, you know, the, the fu- not the fireman because that was more Canley's role, but he was a guy that would come in pretty much every game that they had a lead and was expected to throw the sixth or seventh inning. You know, with his stuff, he could throw a scoreless inning anytime he came out. But he kind of just he was fatigued at the end of the year because he's never had to throw as much as he did. Yeah, and and you could just tell that he did not have a solid grasp on 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 his stuff um especially his slider he, he would he would throw it and it, he he did he didn't know where it was going now if you look um, at the slider that he threw the slider that he gave the home run to springer on in game two that thing just didn't do anything at all it was just a meatball in the middle of the plate so well uh, yeah hopefully uh new pitching coach matt blake uh, we'll, we'll help with some of that. Let's hope so. Um, and yeah, so, so Chapman is back. Gardner will be back soon. Uh, Yankees changed their pitching coach. Um, and the, the off season rolls on. We've got, I mean, this is a surprising bit of, I feel like we've gotten a lot of news in the past week for how soon was, the season. ended. I was just going to say that the season ended last week. There's been a lot of news for, you know, free agent free agency technically has started, but the qualifying offers were just issued. They haven't been rejected or declined yet. We're still in the early stages of the offseason, and there's been a lot of news for the Yankees, which you know, which is a good sign. They're they're doing what they can. A, a signing of Blake, like we said, really, really good. Hopefully, that helps in the future. But yeah, I think 
so far they have started off the offseason really, really well, and hopefully they can continue to go that way. Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, this is a good. This is a good trajectory. Uh, uh, try and keep this up. All right. Well, I think that that's all we have for this episode. Um, well, welcome to the podcast. Thank Glad you. You're here. Um, and for I will I'll copy Luigi's outro for for Gus and for me, Alex. This has been the Bronx Bomber Babble Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.